Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Well, we are here by <sighs> hell or high water. Listen, by, by fire or force. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all get in this freaking episode. Like, I start, I record, oh, shoot. Our recording time started an hour ago and i know you're thinking like oh y'all always said that no we were actually trying to do the thing yeah this time. Te- weird technical difficulties it's always a surprise the uh, yeah and it's like it's something new every week like i feel like for the matter of time we do this show there should not be anything going wrong right anyway. well the news this week there's only one um especially since we spent 12 minutes talking about kevy bars so I mean, you should be happy about that. That's your, that's your people. You, that and flamingos. Well, I would if you wasn't laying into them. So, um, to entry that was like a, a sweet live of Hannah Montana episode. When yep. You saw that video. Yep. <laughs> or whatever it was called. Yep. Um, okay. So I saw this story about, um, this conductor who he has since apologized, um, for striking a singer at a performance um so this is john elliott gardner um who was leading the monteverdi choir in the a lot of this in french in french in orchestra in france it will be in the thing (laughs) that i link but i cannot speak french um yeah they were starting a tour across europe um and he decided that he was gonna hit somebody he's accused of wait i thought it was an accident no oh um so there was uh, (laughs) one of the one of the vocalists that was performing with them william thomas um a bass apparently he headed the wrong way off of the podium uh at the concert and the person that is providing some of this information is anonymous and i was just like dang we're doing that classical music like it's getting juicy um but yeah apparently he was getting off at the podium he got off the wrong way then the conductor went backstage um and punched him apparently he slapped him first he slapped him in the face and then punched him in the mouth (laughs) yeah it's not funny i was like dang this is for going the wrong way off the podium is crazy what like and apparently it was as the the cast was celebrating and like backstage too and i'm like so imagine everybody laughing they kiki and all, all of a sudden here you come you you talking people like oh uh, i'll end up in lockup that night because what are you doing right and and it's, and it's also like how you how how you first of all how you start something you can't finish the dude that stopped old dude was 80 years old so now what was you finna do if he got to hitting you back right cause I listen I couldn't imagine being especially in the <laughs> like imagine you and then your I, conductor I, like, just come up and punch you in the face <gasps> in front of everybody I feel like I would go too far I can't lie I feel like I would go too far Cause what are you doing? Why do you right. feel like you could hit me? Right, like, yeah. Okay, so he withdrew for the from the festival, 
And apparently, according to um, a spokesperson for his agency, the agency that represents him, says that he withdrew from this festival to return to London and see his doctor. I'm like, <laughs> y'all are so freaking extra. What are you seeing his doctor about? You would have been seeing your maker. What are you doing? <laughs> y'all thinking like, oh, he's seeing his doctor. He was unwell. No, he wasn't on damn unwell. Like, he just thought he could. Like, that's so crazy because you think about like, I guess he probably one of those people that they're like, oh, they're from a different time. I'm like, so what time was y'all just hauling off and hitting people yeah. for making mistakes on on stage? Because I was like, because it's giving whiplash, like the movie. Yeah. Like <laughs> slapping people because they went off the wrong way on stage. Like that's crazy to me. And it's just so crazy to think like the fact that he felt that he could do that. I wonder like what type of environments he's been in musically that he thought that was normal or that he could do what's that. the name of the conductor again is he who who are who are you not that it would make a difference but like his name is john you know, dude that went around soccer people in the face i'll be like mm. be like what i'm just playing katie oh my god i'm just kidding i'm kidding john elliott gardner apparently he's i don't really know conductors like that so yeah that don't mean nothing to me but um he apparently he he played a leading role in music for um what's his name king charles his coronation (laughs) who i don't know her oh (laughs) well um yeah so he's since been uh replaced at the festival while he i guess undergoes whatever he feels yeah. like he needs to undergo at the doctor that caused him to slap and sock somebody in the face. So, yeah. He's since issued an apology, by the way. He's very, very sorry. <laughs> what would you do? What would I do? <laughs> I mean, somebody would have to break it up like for sure because yeah, i feel like absolutely well maybe i shouldn't telegraph my moves i feel like my first move would be to kick you in the stomach and or <laughs> knock the wind out of you <laughs> so i can't lie i might be shocked first i'd be like yeah. what is going on Cause I also i've never been hit by a grown man that's a thing Too. like because i'm <laughs> Yeah, I think I will lose it. I might look for something sharp. I can't lie. <laughs> I feel like I would take it too far because I feel like my yeah. Let me not say too much. I feel yeah. You said something sharp. Like we we at a concert hall. Like I'm grabbing a chair. Like I don't Just like give you me know, whatever. Like <laughs> You're I don't impaled. think I'm able to control myself. Like yeah, I'm like we at a. Especially if you walk, try to walk away, you just hit me. You walked away. Like you hit me adjusted your jacket and walked away i'm coming behind i'm coming from, you from behind <laughs> like cause I'm you never go walk away from nothing again <laughs> <laughs> like now we both the doctor okay <laughs> yep wow yeah that's crazy and dang i feel i mean how would you feel if he was the the dude i'm looking at the dude they linked his um his artist page, the dude that got slapped. 
I was like, dang, now everybody see. I mean, that's not nothing's his fault, of course, but like, dang. It's a little embarrassing. Like, you went out bad. Like, did he hit it back? Like, what? what's he? It, it doesn't say that he did. <gasps> I know. I was like, dang. But also, like I said, that, that dude was 80. He probably, like, now you want, now you got a manslaughter charge because oh, you knocked no. him over. Like I would, I would like. I feel like I would lose it. <laughs> ashes, to ashes. You know, you eighties. It's easy. Like I feel like. Yeah. I don't know, Delaney. I will. Go, I'm going outside. You going outside? <laughs> right, sadder. <laughs> Period. Well, that's the most interesting thing that's happened in classical music this week. Mm-hmm. So. Finally, y'all shaking it up. Right. Who else? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right. Apparently, there were some people, they were like, oh, some people call for him to get punished. I mean, I was like, well, he did hit somebody. Would you go, would you uh, sue? Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I mean, that would, see, that's not my first instinct. But as I think about it, I mean, they say he's a pretty successful conductor, so yeah. Can you still sue if you beat they, if you beat him up? <laughs> I don't think so. I'd rather beat your ass. No, I'm saying, can you though? I feel like no. I don't know I'm because the suing comes after the fact because I'm I'm beating your ass. So like, <laughs> so like, but if I can still sue after the fact, then sure. I didn't really think about it. But yeah, I'm gonna ask you, Shane, and then I don't see why not. You put me in that's emotional distress. If I hurt my knuckles, <laughs> if I remember it, to ask him and also tell you, I'll let you. So I'll be asking you, Shane, all type of stuff. You think I'm going to jail, you Shane? You think he tired of me? What you think about this? What you think about this? <clears throat> He's a man, so you know he loves to tell me. All right. <laughs> I was listening to last episode when you made me not like him. So, oh, you Shane's so sweet. Nah, you would like you Shane. He a little lit though, like good lit. But I feel like you like you Shane. Renaissance is enough for you not to like him. I think him being in the Beehive is enough to save it. Well, luckily there's nothing to save. So. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, not too much on my snake. No, one one day y'all meet. Y'all have a good time. Mm, there is one I'm thing good. that y'all wouldn't see. Like you change up. Shane likes to party, so I will say that that's not really your vibe, babe. Right. So. It's best we keep but separate but equal. Outside of no, that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. And he loves horror movies. So But outside of that Well, the intermission. <laughs> okay, so for the intermission this week, it's a little bit of a sore subject, so trigger warning. We're talking about dreams. <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, there was a tweet. I can't find it. Oh, wait. I can tell you the gist, though, because it was kind of funny. 
um it was like what's advice that you would give to 20 what what advice would you give to like a younger person and it was like don't follow your dreams going to tech yep and so it just um and it's it comes at the perfect timing um because i logged into my federal student aid account and saw the numbers i racked up but shout out to biden and kamala we worked something out i'll be dragging them but it's like we worked something out um because i want to make it very clear that none of my loans are eligible for forgiveness like i know my friends nikki was on the show and you they'll be eligible i'm sure you a jag in the air force and nikki well i'm not gonna talk about her business she's a social worker though so she might have more wiggle room but me no one cares about me playing bartok so um they want all their doubloons from me (laughs) um but that was a fun number um so yeah i want to talk about with dreams with a simple question do you think people should follow their dreams downy I mean that's crazy I mean I mean I feel like um I mean the whole don't follow your dreams going to tech thing. Hey, if you can. <laughs> I mean, Whoa. I, okay, but I think that the answer is within the answer in the, in that if you can, then you can. Some people cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, some people have dreams, but they're like, uh, you know, like they can't have a like a happy life doing something else. And then there are some people that are like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I got to do. Like, I don't think yeah. I could not follow my dreams going to tech. I really wish I could. Because <laughs> I would be right down to the Google right now. <laughs> getting my my six-figure salary and my bonuses and my remote work and my all that type of stuff. Like, your they, stability. they are living over in and tech. And not thinking about your bank account ever. They are living. Like, Father God, they are living. But, um also like if you can do that then that speaks to maybe it wasn't really your dream you know or at least not there there are levels to it and i think um i say this sometimes but following your dreams low-key hell like (laughs) it can be i think no i think it is like because i think everything sounds i also think it depends what your dream is high key i think like you want to be like a creative i think Honestly, then that's the worst path. Like, maybe I'm biased, but if you have a dream to be, like, president. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, if you have a dream to be president or you have a dream to be, like, what's something that's more unconventional? Like, like, president or, like. Pop star. A pop star. Like, well, I'm thinking about, like, something that's, like, a little bit more practical but like there's a there's a path to it mm, you want to be like, like a, if you want to run like a huge company like you want to be the ceo of disney yeah like that like that's a dream but there's like practicality along the way maybe i'm biased but i feel like okay boom you want to be president <clears throat> you should probably get um some type of humanity degree you should probably go to law school i mean hey <laughs> not right that's out <laughs> the window now these are all probably's you should probably um do some type of public governmental work 
whether that's the the army or the air force or whatever the the services or serving as a state senator whatever some type of local government and then maybe a congress person then work your way up like that's some type of in that those are all jobs those are all <laughs> like things but when i feel like we want to be a creative it's like it sound good at first it's like yeah i'm gonna go to eastman you know what i'm saying i'm gonna learn my little stuff da, da, da. and then when you're in it it's like oh shoot uh, like it's so much there's so all of the stepping stones are not guaranteed mm-hmm. and I think that's the and I mean sure you can get the, you don't get the law you don't make the law review you don't you know you don't get the internship you wanted but like there are still like somebody needs a lawyer even if it's like you have to do family law you can still you'll make it to president whatever or there are steps along the way that can help with that if you just out here taking auditions and you just out here putting out your little YouTube videos, like it's a little bit more, how do you say, depressing. No. I mean, <laughs> I feel like there are other, there are similarities to like wanting to be president. I mean, the one downside to that is that there's only one. I mean, <laughs> and, and you only get a shot every four years. And and then like um, even becoming the, the candidate, but also one one similarity between the two is that it helps if you're rich, <laughs> because yeah. one of the barriers to president like uh, there's a lot like there's something to be said for having that track record. Like a lot of people, of course, in politics, go up that sort of path. Like oh, I'm watching. Um, I'm watching billions right now and one of the people in there who wants to be president so she's working in the uh state attorney general's office mm-hmm. and then wants to do senator and all that type of stuff um but also like and that's another thing another similarity connections too because mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. with dang there's actually a lot of similarities because not just connections like in your in your field but also like I was thinking, even when you have all of this stuff like on paper for a presidency, like the public is fickle and you don't know what's going to yeah. sway them. And I think the same is true, like depending on what you want to do in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Because, like, people be, <laughs> saw that TikTok that was like, oh, I love so and so. And then the other one was like, but don't you think she's getting too huge and successful? Now yeah, that we're, I saw that. <laughs> now that we're, <laughs> we're hyping her up. Let's find a tweet from 14 years ago and take her down a peg. And it's like, the public And then they were, they were like, well, let's wait, like, yeah. a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> the public is, is, is fickle and, like, you don't know what's about to be, you don't know when they gonna latch on and, like, what's gonna sway them, like, all that type of stuff. Dang, there actually is some some similarities but yeah but then like with this i mean i mean you got some people that like all that oh one of the one of the big differences though i was gonna say like you have you do have people that like will work towards something forever and it never pops off i mean what's the name has to wait till he was like 80 joe biden hillary clinton is pretty much done girl give it up she going for president again I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's been like oh, they don't want yeah. you. We don't want you. <laughs> I'm so sorry, girl. I'm so sorry. But the difference is that she's perfectly freaking fine. 
Like once you get to the yeah. point where you're even considered a candidate for president, like you're probably filthy rich, you'll be okay. Like, yeah, you'll never get the ego boost that comes with, oh, you're president now, but like whatever. Over here, like people be starving, people they ramen noodles, they if that. If that I, like I was listening to I told you I was listening to I'm listening to Avant Orgy's uh what's that called memoir it's not a memoir because she's still whatever and like she used to she was a production assistant which is like historically like it's either it can be unpaid or it's very low pay and she um would the way she would eat was take food from craft services that's insane and she was talking about that one time when she went to New York, she was in New York for six months, like at the way beginning, at the way start, like she told her parents, like, give me seven years to figure this out. Give me eight years to figure this out. If I don't figure it out, I'll go to medical school. So the first place she went to was New York for six months to like do comedy and stand up. And she um, wanted like some pizza. She was like, it's been a long week, freaking like whatever. Let me get some pizza. She said like, she couldn't go get the pizza because she didn't have money for the two slices of pizza the the pizza deal which is like two slices of pizza and the soda for 275 and the train to there and back she did not have the money for that but uh (laughs) she so she sat in her apartment she just went to sleep (laughs) like she was like well like that is crazy 275 was crazy you could find 275 but sometimes you can't she can't she was like she's like she was, and she made a comment she was like i have a freaking master's degree and i'm over here scrounging around my girl I would I'm sorry i should have said that but gosh i should have said that but father god with the amount of debt that I'm in, oh my gosh, she was like, and also mind you, like Yvonne, like she went, she got her, she got her master's degree. She actually did like a year long um, post grad program in Liberia. Like she, she really could, she probably like eased into medical school. Didn't even try hard. Now she in her apartment talking about she wants to be a, a comedian, and you have the pressure from your parents because her parent, her mom used to call her a jester. She's like, you can't, you're, you're oh not going to school God. to be a jester. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. oh my God. And I mean, that's also like, she didn't pop off right away after that. So why I like her story a lot. Like that was, she didn't get insecure until like five years later. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I am one of those don't follow your dreams and attack people. Maybe I just haven't reached my breaking point yet. I haven't reached it yet, but Father God is a close. So... <laughs> I mean, her breaking point when she got to LA, she was doing eating craft services. Like that's what. So what we finna do? I gotta talk to you then because the way you. <laughs> no, nah, because I, I I when I heard Yvonne's story, I was like, okay, so maybe mm, I don't have. I feel like I think people should follow their dreams. I just feel like you have to be honest with yourself what you're mentally capable of handling. Because I I really do believe maybe it's like religion. Um. <clears throat> or faith I should say um prompted but I really do th- believe everything works out the way it's supposed to happen like if you want something that's on your heart I think it is going to happen for you but you have to be honest with yourself what you can take because I've couple said a couple times I don't know much more I can take and I've I've sat in hotel rooms that I'm telling you like 
that day you take the audition and you don't advance and you got to sit in the hotel room the next day you just sitting there because your flight don't leave to the next day because you try to believe in yourself and be like let me book this flight the day after finals you just sitting there eating grubhub looking crazy just in a bed like luckily for me that's only one part of the dream like I have there's other stuff behind the scenes y'all will find out about that we 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 doing some stuff but it's just like you gotta be honest with what you could take and I just that's why like I told when I talk to some musicians like I have a friend and he he didn't take no auditions last year he was like I felt like I was getting worse I need to take a second and I mean and he could play like do not play with <laughs> do not I'm talking about eats down boots like but he was like I had to take a break like I was taking all these auditions I was I felt like I was getting worse so I felt good to be honest with yourself and I was talking to him over the summer and I was like I don't know I'm, I'm trying to see like what I'm gonna do like I'm trying to figure out like what's next for me he's like low key and I was like that's you gotta be honest like I I will never get the viola like literally she has changed my mental health in ways that I cannot express so we locked in <laughs> like um that's my girl hell or high water fire or forest but the stuff that you have to be able to endure especially when you don't have family family support especially if you're doing it while you're broke and there are different levels like one day I'll talk about this at length but there are different levels to being broke because it's, it, there's difference between like you don't have money but your parents have money mm-hmm. you don't have money but you can you have somewhere you can go home to mm-hmm. but what if your parents are unstable mm-hmm. like you know like that's a whole nother level of complexity and it's just because how you gonna justify that to them like i don't at the that is one of like i mean delaney delaney harris is more than broke however i will always have somewhere to lay my head you know like i have extended family yeah. at the bare man i could call a cousin you know <laughs> like yeah, some people can't even do that about too i mean there was a time i was gonna move to new york which is hilarious to me because let's be for real um i, I mean Oh, Aurora, if you heard that, uh, <laughs> I just I don't see myself in New York, but that could change. I didn't see myself in LA, um, but like my cousin Nadia, she was like, "So you, yeah, you could live here. Like, it, it, there's <laughs> there's places to go. I'm very grateful for that. If I, if I were to fall on my face today, knock on wood, like I could go back to Evanston. And my like also they will be happy for it. My grandma would be like, "Oh, you fat!" Like they will be excited <laughs> for me to be back home. My mom would be elated if I moved to Kenosha. I mean, girl. <laughs> I have a entertainment capital. Capital. <laughs> I will be going to Evanston. That's where my. That's where I will go. My grandma will be elated. She'll be so excited. Um. So like, at least I have that. I know a lot of people don't have that. So like, yeah, I agree. Like what you were saying. Oof. Should lay. You were saying something. You were saying at the very least, I somebody lay my head, but. But still, or like, was it? And. I mean, yeah. I mean that's the most important thing but also it's like as you get older like i was just talking to my cousin about this like because we're very close in age we're like only a couple i'm a couple months older than him and um there's just like i don't know if other people have these i mean he also has like entertainment industry like aspirations and stuff like that and like i don't know you feel like the older you get there's also like stuff just start closing in on you it's like okay like people looking at you like so 
what you finna do you know like you and it's so hard because when you're trying to do so much it's like if i could just if one of these things could pop off so it could support me because you don't want mm-hmm. the stuff that's supporting you to be like the outside stuff because then that's going to get the most it, it's going to get the most out of you regardless mm-hmm. but there was just some yeah there's just things like i was telling him like i don't even like see my mom get up and go to work anymore but there's nothing i can do about it so <laughs> you know i would like for there to be something i could do about it but i don't i don't know that's why you got to do you know your whole dream thing because like i don't think i couldn't retire my mom on a tech salary unless i was you know i mean way way yeah. way 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 up like yeah of course i was making I, if i was making like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year like i still don't think that she would f- feel comfortable retiring if i if i made three hundred thousand dollars a year you know mm-hmm. but s- still i just feel like not everyone has to be i feel like not everyone has to be inspired by their work like a lot of people just don't care yeah. like i know people who like they just go to work they just do the thing like they don't care like and not even that like you can make the argument well that's because they don't let capitalism consume me i just no, i don't even think it's that (laughs) i think it's the fact that like they do something that they are indifferent about and they're fine with that and they don't think about work when they're at home and that's like that's why a lot of teachers like i've seen a trend of teachers like classroom teachers becoming off with what they call office assistants or not office assistants there's a word for it like maybe it's like they i'm mad i just be seeing tiktoks of this all the time they used to be an office coordinator they used to be teachers and they're really good at it because they're ordering the snacks and they they make sure like all the deliveries get in like they're doing like stuff that like has no take home Mm -hmm. there's nothing to take home from being office assistant like you literally order catering order snacks order pens like you have a meeting because you're you're sitting in on a meeting because there's going to be like guest executives next week. Like there's, it's just like whatever. And I feel like my advice to people is if this far in it being old as hell is the fact that, and and also my dreams keep refining. I would say that if you, if you can't, can't see yourself living a, a life that's uninspired, if you can't see yourself living a life that isn't inspired, yeah, then wait, <laughs> bro, don't listen to me because my brain is leaking out my ears. If you can only see yourself living a life that is inspired, then follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. If you, if you don't care, like you, like you play an instrument, it'd be cool to do that. I don't know, babe. I'll do something else because I just feel like. And also, I felt I want to start by saying that also do whatever you want. But I feel like if you do not, if you cannot live another way, I feel that is the way to to be like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is the, with the economy looking like this, student loans where they at, like everyone's a content creator, everyone's doing everything. The level of stuff gets higher and higher. Like they, um, I was on TikTok the other day and they showed a beam routine that won the 2004 Olympics. Simone Biles, like literally less than 20, almost 20 years later, is doing 
is flipping on the beam like it's the floor. But the talent, it just, it, the talent and everything just gets higher and higher and higher. So you got to ask yourself, like, do I see myself being a part of that? Or do I not really care? Then I feel like something else. Be an office, office coordinator. Do something to go on take. Because there's a lot of a lot of factors to that. Like, I remember <clears throat> asking my mom about that because I didn't, like, I asked her, because my mom has had the same, the same job my entire life for longer than I have been born. Like, I think it was, she's in her 30 year, 31st year. Jeez. And um, the same job, not same company. No, same company too, but like, not just same company, same job. And, um, and I was like, have you ever thought about, and she was like, no. And she was like, maybe if there was something else I really, really wanted to do or that I was passionate about, but there never was. And I mean, she's done other things on the side too, but like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she was like, no, but that, but oh, I brought this up because there are other factors that go into producing the job. My mom was raising three kids by herself. So she was like, this job gives me a lot of flexibility. I can be off to go to your mm-hmm. concerts. I can go to your recitals. I can go to your, your football games or whatever. Um, and I can get your birthday off. I can get Christmas off. Like, that's a priority for me. Because if I'm not there, then who else is going to be, you know? And mm-hmm. so she was like, "I the trade-off, she was like, I, I can get 20 days off a month if I want to. <laughs> like, so yeah. she's like, yeah. I, she's like, I could. It's so funny because when, you know, they stopped doing, like, planes and stuff during the pandemic for a little bit, it was canceling flights. A lot of she, there's a lot of flight attendants that are really into being a flight attendant. Like they really into. And um, my mom, like they were like, "Oh my god, we're back or whatever." My mom was like, "The being in the pandemic taught me that I could leave this plane today and, and like never come back and not feel a thing about it." Like she was, like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, and like not even knowing something was your last day or something, she was like, "I wouldn't care. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, there's just some people that feel that way about their job, but there are other things about their job that are more important to them. And for mm-hmm. her, like, she don't like, you know, since she don't love going to work, being able to get so many days off in a month is, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. So. I just, like, I remember um, my friend, she, when she first started dating her husband, like, he was thrown into the music major world because like she hung out with all music majors and we were at home and she was talking and he was like, she was telling me that he was like, I I get so jealous of y'all because you guys are doing something that you are passionate about. And it's like, I'm an engineer, but I'm not passionate about being an engineer. I just be doing it. And I remember thinking of that moment, like that, it's so special because I wasn't really thinking about viola like that at that at that time, so I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Like, and I am grateful that I'm able to do like what I love. I mean, no matter like what it be looking like, like I get to do exactly what I like to do. There's not been anything today that I've done that I was like, "Oh, I don't feel like doing that," you know. And I'm on this is my I'm on my third thing at the time of recording this today, and that's really cool. And he, I mean, he doesn't have that you know he just did a thing and 
I just feel like I, I need to be inspired. I need to, I need to love what I'm doing, especially like I don't like like I have had so many jobs. I've had so many jobs, and a lot of them have been outside of music. That I already know. Like I, I was bag. I bag groceries. I worked at Marshalls. I also taught public school. Like I have to be completely inspired by what I'm doing, or I'm not gonna want to do it. And I'm a terrible employee if I don't like it as well. So I <laughs> like full transparency (laughs) like I am my best my best reviews I when I I, like as a as a social media I do social media for this thing like I teach I play orchestra like I get like okay yeah 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 ask ask uh Kimberly at Jewel Osco how how she felt about me (laughs) like ask the call center at Illinois State University how they felt about me like I would just when I come in, when I'm coming only for the check, it will show in my work. I cannot, <laughs> I, I cannot turn it on. Like I can't be like, wow, so good, ice cream, so good. I can't do All right. it. Like, <laughs> like I can't do it. So no, I would literally, I would sit. I remember I was about to go to work. It was and I was like a little bit early, so I was outside, you know, on my phone, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I was like, I'm always home on the clock. <laughs> go to the bathroom for my free time i'ma hold it <laughs> not for real like i'ma wait so i go sit myself down at the desk and then i'm hmm, i'ma get up and go to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> because especially because somebody interrupted me the other day which i mean to answer a question which i mean to be fair i did not know the answer to i could steer you kind of in the right direction but i just felt like it was a little like okay like i don't know i just felt like the way you entered the conversation was a little whatever but i was like i'm glad i don't have to answer it because that's less work i gotta do but i saw Mm -hmm. that was just like yeah girl i'm gonna be doing the bare minimum (laughs) because i mean most of my job is sitting at the desk anyway so Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like like um one of my things that i do like the my tasks have shifted a bit so like I'm, I'm writing like some curriculum right now like we do classically black like we like okay let me move you so i don't have to see this why um there we go down there perfect anyway um when like you know even like I'll be reporting Zoom because I can't move you completely out of my view, (laughs) which makes me annoying. Um, like when I like see, I lost my freaking train of thought. All I'm saying is like I put my all into stuff. Oh, you said I want to classically black. Like I, ISBM. I mean ISBM. She be in and out, but that's fine. That's her business. Um, the stuff with like me, Delaney working on like behind the scenes, like Viola, like. I want to feel like I'm putting my all into this. Like, that's how I want to feel. And not everybody f- cares. Like, my I problem is what, my that's all what is 25%. The doers. You said what? I said my problem is right now my all is 25%. And so, that's a problem. But we already talked about I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, you've seen all the, I mean, all the detail that we just put into that one little thing that we just did, not a little thing, that one thing we just did, um, all the things, Katie's face when I showed her the back end of how I'll make a YouTube video, 
and the fact that I'm re-recording two words because I don't like the cadence of them. Like, if it was something else, I'd uh, get enough. Because <laughs> like, it is I'm good enough. Make- it's two words. Yeah. It, it really does. Is it? I just, it. I don't like the cadence of it. So I'm going to re-record those two words. Mm-hmm. I just feel like not everybody feels like that. And I feel like that's what that's what it should be like if you if you wake up every day be like oh girl where's my flu you probably should be doing flu no matter what it looks like hell or high water no matter what your life looks like no matter because life is going to ebb and flow it has to that's what it does it's annoying i mean i really feel like i have several conversations to have with eve when i see her but life is going to ebb and flow and but if you wake up every day like dang i gotta play the trumpet then that's probably what you should be doing. And I feel like you should not let anybody tell you that. Even if you feel very guilty about not doing it or like your imposter syndrome be messing up because like I still got to listen to the imposter syndrome episode of Ryan Coogler's podcast. I think it's called In Proximity. Um, because he was talking about how he didn't even feel like he, the moment where he felt like, okay, I feel like I'm meant to do that. I'm supposed to be a filmmaker. Um, was after his third film and his third film was Wakanda forever. His first film was Fruitvale station. Then he did black Panther and then he did Wakanda forever. And that was the point where he was like, okay, I feel like I'm a filmmaker. What? Some of y'all need that kind of humility. And he said, and he was like, there's, I saw another clip that he was saying that like, he very rarely believes in himself. I'm like, you're freaking Ryan Coogler. (laughs) But he is starting to say something about like how he's just accepted. That's how his brain works. And now he has to like, there's just something that's why I need to listen to it because the way I was selling something forever, even though I'm like, I always come back to this. So why not just mm-hmm. do it? But sometimes you just need to know how to, how to talk to yourself or how to train your brain. So even if you think like your imposter syndrome is kicking your butt, like mine be having like, you know, when you put like no, frozen butter no. in a sock and you swing it around and that's how my imposter syndrome be doing me. <laughs> I've never put frozen butter in the sauce. Oh, well, I've, I've never done it, but I've seen, like, I've heard of it. Or they like, put something in the sauce. Sometimes people do it with coins or whatever, and they beat, beat you. Oh, you mean to, like, hit somebody with Yeah. Oh, they oh, oh, and they oh bit, they okay. Hit. Frozen butter threw me off. I've seen, okay, we back. Yeah, that's how my, my imposter syndrome be doing me. Okay. And you know them bats that have the barbed no. wire wrapped around them? That's how mine be doing me. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? Okay, let me look up a pic. No, it's okay. We should probably let me find a pic. We should. Okay, I'll, I'll put that on my to-do list. Of all the, see, it's, and this is exactly why I'm getting stuff done. And see, look, out of all the things to put on your freaking to-do list, is that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Father God, yeah. I need to f- force this video out. So, anyway, we should because now I'm feeling like dang should I be following my dreams I can't even get this video out alright let me go on tech let me see on okay. tech what am I even talking about I want to be good at that because also like I don't care you know I have to care that's the thing that's a, I think that's what it is I have to care which is like so bratty yeah I'm only child like let me live like I care about the viola so much like when I when 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 something's not phrased exactly right, you, I gotta do it again, do it again. Like, 
Also, like, shout out to my friend, um, James. He's talking about this new practice method. So, I feel like my Don Juan is giving very much Strauss. It's giving very much, like, Don Juan. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's going to eat the season. I'm so excited. And I spent, not that it matters, but with this technique, this technique that he taught me, like, I think it took me 20 or so minutes to get through the opening line, um, which is, like, four measures. Because, like, you you play it at tempo, you add a note every time. So, one line took me, like, 20, 30 minutes. I don't care about nothing else like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I – I could never put that much effort into a spreadsheet, like, for – for like a tech company i'll be clear because like i do like a little arts admin stuff like i like i like arts admin um isbm is arts admin so like but like for some for someone else's like tech company and we moving stuff around like i just can't see myself caring and that's where we had to be like mm, yeah this is not for you all right y'all we're gonna take a break and we'll be back hey y'all do you want to join the most exclusive classical music club in the game the Ebony Tower has all the antics and tomfoolery of a regular Classically Black episode, but exclusive. We got video, we got polls, we got Classically Black after dark. That's coming soon, y'all. We got Patron, we got feet, we got titties. Okay, we don't got none of that, but you can join us on Patreon, aka the Ebony Tower, at patreon.com slash classicallyblackpodcast for intermission polls, video episodes, live streams, and more exclusive content. We have multiple affordable tiers, or you can pledge an amount of your choosing. So, if you want all of that, you can join us at patreon.com slash classicallyblackpodcast. All right, so we're back with the topic. This is something that we've literally put off forever. Um, I'm gonna make it to this episode. I ain't gonna hold you. Right. Um, so a little while ago, actually, I saw this article probably close to when it first came out in 2022. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. February 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called "The Minions Do the Actual Writing: The Ugly Truth of How Movie Scores Are Made." and um this it's in vanity fair and i'll link it in the description um and it's basically it's a long form it's pretty long a long form article um about the background of film scores and i mean we've done a little bit you know we've been in our little movie bag last week we did chevalier um then we did the bel canto movie Leonard bernstein movie about to come out we'll probably we do something for that um so we've been on a movie back but we rarely talk about the music um in the movies and i i think i mean i'm not really a movie score person i hear a lot of musicians say like oh i can never focus on the movie i'll be focused on the movie <laughs> yeah, i'm watching movies like i don't know like well, i i don't I very much experienced the movie and the score together. I like. I'm a person that I can't listen to music and do other things, and it's, it's very distracting to me. But for some, I think I won't say for whatever reason. That's how it's supposed to be. The music and the in the movie are supposed to complement each other. They're supposed to be, yeah. you know, one. And so I guess all the movies I be watching have good composers that know how to do that, um, because the music does not stick out to me and it's not distracting. But when we talk about they have good composers, do they have good composers or do they have good composers' assistants? Because that's kind of what, I mean, not kind of, this is literally the background of this, of this 
article and it's basically exposing that it's very common practice in film scores for the composer that you see um credited for the score not to have actually composed the score in full um apparently you know a lot of composers they have um a team of composer assistants who sometimes the composer themselves will write a uh like write a theme or something like that and then they pass it off to people who are paid significantly less than them and are oftentimes not credited um as composers to compose something that's more fleshed out um and so we're going to talk a little bit about this practice in the film scoring industry how we feel about it and how it relates to other um types of art forms and whether or not it's okay to do something like this so first of all when you read what would be going on behind the scenes how did you feel about it or were you surprised I think I don't know what I thought but I think because I've never played like I've never done a movie recording and a lot of our colleagues have and like I don't really pay paying too much attention to what's going on and that to what composers doing in general, to be honest, outside like what my friends have got going on. I was already, there was already a bit of whimsy that I approached it to. Cause there was like so much I didn't know. I wouldn't say it's okay. At first glance, I was like, Oh yeah, I don't write out the whole thing. Cause I just thought that would be like something you just did. Like, as a composer you would just because the girls are writing operas all the time you can't write you a little one hour 30 minute little thing you know especially like you're not writing a musical you're writing like reoccurring themes i mean i don't pay too much attention when i watch a movie if if the music is super good like it will take me out like the soundtrack of the the crown the horns that that's really what it was it wasn't even the music i was just like oh the brass are like that's crazy like they are going crazy on the crown like it sounds so good whoever them girls are keep doing your thing um so i think that surprised me a little bit um that they're not maybe like the naive naivety of it like y'all don't write the whole thing y'all don't just sit down in front of finale and just have at it but what surprised me the most is the extent to which y'all don't be writing <laughs> I think that's what I was like, oh, shoot, that's crazy to me. Like, especially because composers seem so protective of their work. They seem so, oh, I got an idea. And they got, they start looking around. And, oh, I need some staff paper. And they start scribbling right, on like napkins. Like, after they killed that baby. Right. Like, you, your wig sliding back and you scribbling. And you, you out of breath for whatever reason. Okay. It's like, that's, that's what, like, I associate with composers. They don't want to be touching their stuff. Do not change the key. Do not, no, you cannot, da, da, da. So it's like, you over here to the point that you are writing fragments of stuff. And you're like, okay, expound upon this. Hello? And then I think it's also surprising because how does that even fit together to sound cohesive if everybody got their fingers in it? You know, like, I think that That's kind of like a writer's room. I feel like a writer's room is maybe because I'm a musician because I feel like he would say that because I was like is this normal I was reading it's like this is not normal a writer's room is like I don't know I feel like it's, it's different when people are putting their different inputs into something like composing to me is like imagine like 
somebody you somebody writing a symphony and they're like it should go da 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 and you like it should go da da like that's just weird to me i don't know maybe because i'm a musician it probably sounds maybe you're listening you're like girl that's literally the same thing i don't see it like that i feel like especially because you have like these ab almost abstract ideas if you are writing about Issa and Lawrence and you're like should Issa and back up with Lawrence or should she whatever I feel like those are more like concrete things that you're talking about versus like music is so much more abstract and personal I don't know I just but is it though because I feel like especially I mean you know how like there's a there's a formula to things in like screenwriting and stuff like that I think it it's similar to composing especially when composing for a film because you're not it's not as it can't be as abstract right because you're composing for something you're composing a picture Mm -hmm. and so the possibilities are narrower than if you were just to write a symphony Mm -hmm. like that so I think that maybe that's why I mean and and also it's kind of beholden to some similar things because they're both like tv or film like whatever those like when we're talking about a writer's room for tv or film like when you're composing music for that it's also you're basing it off of TV or film. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's it's more formulaic than I mean. There's still formulaic stuff when you write a symphony too, but like the uh, the possibilities are not as wide because you need to be complementing whatever is on screen. And so like it's you can't just do whatever you want. You know what I mean? You might have different ideas, but at the end of the day, even with a in a writer's room somebody will have different ideas but something's gonna win out for whatever reason i guess i'm a little bit more sway but i just don't i they so different to me that's okay maybe not so different anymore after what you said but it's just like i just feel like yeah you have the thing in front of you so you're like you wouldn't you wouldn't you have a sunny day with a little boy walking down the street with a with a with a ball mm-hmm. you're not gonna start composing horror music <laughs> but like unless i mean if it was a comedy or if it was like a short film or whatever like mm-hmm. it would be like something cute and excited and it's like once you establish the character okay we want it to be this thing but it's just like then you have the thing like there's so maybe because i'm like i said me maybe because the musician is making me it's making it harder for me to see mm-hmm. but there's so much variety like is it a little jig is it a little this it's a, is it like whatever but if it's like we know this is how this character acts this will be out of the ordinary for this character to do this thing or like and like also like the showrunner would have not the showrunner but like the the head writer would have already we already know the arc of the of the whole series really so it's like it still has to fit into that thing but i feel like with music it's, it's like so much even though like this is a happy thing like how many different ways can you write happy you know like versus like when you have the way it's a season is supposed to to pan out it kind of has to stay within that and how the characters would normally act and what you have to create stakes you have to create like all of these mm-hmm. different things and i just feel like when with music it's like there's it's so much more broad to me i don't know why but i just i, just, I think i it, see the similarities for sure but it depends because one i mean with music i mean you you also know all that stuff because music happens in post like mm-hmm. and then when and I, I think that the whole like when although there are a lot of possibilities I think th- that's where the theme comes in like the composer will write the theme and it's like yeah and you know how like when in like 
music school like they'll have you like finish something exactly what you want to say and it's like and especially because this is written for a commercial audience there actually aren't so many possibilities because you can't really do anything that's going to take that's going to be too out of the ordinary i feel like for a a commercial audience and so i feel like as musicians for us like we're thinking oh you could go here you can go there but for like the average listener you probably can't go so many places i never really thought Mm -hmm. about that because you don't want to take away from what's on the screen but I also feel like it depends on how much the music is a character and what you're writing. Because some mm-hmm. places is it's not like um, in the article it brought up what's the one the the one the slasher film where he's stabbing and it's like ding, yeah ding, ding, ding. like that uh, that music is a uh, character Psycho. yeah that movie we played that in high school it's very weird that music is a character Succession is another one where the music is is a big thing in Succession because mm-hmm. it's like. I mean, a lot of it is text from the characters because the characters are, are billionaires. And so a lot of it is very classical inspired, but it has like, it's just really, the music in succession is really good, but it, and it's, and it's a character in the, in the, um, in the show. But then some, I think some things are a little more like subtle. I feel like that that's dictated by the quote unquote lead composer um but I feel like when I heard I can't remember like when I first heard about this I mean I think one of the things that references is like there's some there was a famous composer that was like I can count on one hand how many other famous film composers actually I know write their stuff and they were saying John Williams is one of them and it described the article described John Williams as that sort of composer that you were just talking about where it's like you see them as this solitary artist and they're in the room and they're with the staff paper and they're at the piano trying stuff out and like all that type of stuff. And um and yeah, I feel like that's also like I just when I heard like y'all not running your own stuff, I'm like, what? And I understand you have a lot of projects, but I just assume like I don't know, like you just do your project. Like that's your job. What you mean? <laughs> Cause I feel like at the most what I would expect like at the at the absolute most, Hans Zimmer, because how the Hans Zimmer part was crazy. You got two hundred and seventy something like writing like that's cr- yeah. babe. At, what are you writing at this point? Like you know what I mean? Like right, I can't like, write his name like, on nothing no more. <laughs> like at this point, babe. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like I don't want to drag him. I heard he's a nice guy, but it's like really that's I heard the opposite. Oh, for real? Oh, I'm not trying to, I mean, because he going to come at me with a cease and desist. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, that's shocking to me. I feel like at most, at the absolute most, I feel like as somebody who's written no movie scores, I feel like you should sit at the piano and you clunk, 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 and you write a piano score for the whole thing. And then you can have somebody orchestrate it. Maybe. Like, I feel like at most. But, like, you got the girls, like, you writing eight bars and then you go sitting by the beach? That's crazy to me. That's insane. Especially the part where they were like, okay, boom. I write eight bars of music as your assistant. I'm like, okay, no, you write, uh, I write eight bars of music as your assistant. And you're like, okay, this is cute, but I feel like it should go um, mi, re, fa, re, do instead of mi, so, fa, re, do. You get 50%? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I and I gotta sit up there and thing. watch you accept an Oscar. What that that part? That would be my villain origin origin story. <laughs> like <laughs> that, like that's the part that really, like, okay, 
gagged me. I was like, you can make a small, and it was, I think the example in the article was like, I feel like you should use Tam here instead of this, or you should turn this down. Now you get, it wasn't 50%, but you get like, now you get 25% of it. And then if I make an even bigger change, like what I just said, like the, I think you should go Ray Doe instead of So, so Doe. Now you get 50%. That's, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Like, okay. And you know, so I was thinking about other art forms that, and I didn't, and writer's room actually was not one of them that I was thinking of uh, when I was saying like, I'm thinking of other art forms that we can compare this to and see what's socially acceptable in those and is not in this case and like why we think so. One of them was of course, ghostwriting in general um which I think I mean I don't know too much because I feel like a lot of people like when you see a celebrity writing a memoir or whatever a lot of times they would just put the the person that wrote the memoir's name on it like they'll put like Cardi B write a memoir Cardi B with so-and-so whoever helped Cardi B write the no I'm just giving an example oh I was like oh (laughs) what no my queen but just like as an example like they'll just put with this other person but Cardi B's name will be in big letters because that's the draw um but i i expect that person is probably getting paid more like these people are these are people getting paid like like hardly any money you know like yeah these people are basically poor if they <laughs> they live in los angeles they're poor you know um they're gig, some of them are gig workers like whatever the people who are composing for these these big film composers which is i feel like that's one of the big differences i don't feel like there's because also like a lot of celebrities that's the that's what I can think of the best for a ghostwriter I feel like that's probably what they're used for most Uh, correct me if I'm wrong I mean but they're also like you're only gonna write one memoir to a certain Mm -hmm. extent like you know so it's not like you need a factory of memoir writers to come do this so you can just pay this person whatever someone you normally gets paid to write a book but a little bit less probably because um they're the ghostwriter but another one i was thinking of and what you just brought up about the whole oh you get 25 percent is songwriters that's and this is really interesting because songwriters and composers i feel like they overlap a lot but in certain in situations like this they do not because in a in a when you're a songwriter when I tell you songwriting credits are interesting because those little changes like, Oh, I think you should change this and that. And that. I mean, those could also be, pro- those could also be interpreted as producer credits, depending on like where in the process they happen. Mm-hmm. But also songwriting credits are up for grabs. Like they need to be negotiated amongst the songwriters. And so mm-hmm. if I'm in the room, sometimes people get songwriting credits and they did not help write the song. Like they might've said a little something like that, or they were in the room and they said it was like one little thing, but they can negotiate amongst songwriters how much credit that they're gonna get. Um, and that just made me, that made me think about this because, I mean, the difference, th- th- there's much more like I would say wiggle room because it really just depends on the power dynamics in of the songwriters and like who is who because like somebody will put like their kid on as a songwriter just because mm-hmm. they can. Yeah. And, um, but in this situation, like, say Hans Zimmer comes up to you and is like, oh, tweak this little baby little thing. You can't, you're not in a position to negotiate with him. Yeah. You know? And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the the differences, but also like having multiple writers on a song, although some people are getting 
some people get pissy about that like oh someone so don't write their music or so so they got they got this many writers on their what's the name um some people do get pissy about that but it is pretty socially acceptable to have multiple songwriters on a song yeah but I'm one but I don't think it's because of the money I don't think it's because of the fact that songwriters can negotiate with each other on a semi-level playing field it depends on who's in the writing's room of course if you Beyonce in there and you whatever you're not gonna strong arm her for your piece like you gonna get what you get it's a Beyonce song um but I wonder why that is like why it's more acceptable because I feel like it it's part of the reason should be the money because like it's more fair to have multiple like to have multiple people writing on the same song the economic piece is going to be more fair than what is going on with the composition I don't think that's why I don't think that's why people accept multiple songwriters on a song if that makes any sense is your question like opining on why it's more acceptable to have multiple people on a song versus having most people on a score. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I'm wondering about that. And that's not to say like that. I think the, the, it should be acceptable that like, I'm just asking the question. I'm wondering like, is that just cause that's just how it is sort of thing. Also, I'm wondering like, is it because like when people, like when it comes to movies and film like obviously like as musicians we know how important the music is but i feel like i wonder if it's because people don't really people will notice if you were watching a movie and the music wasn't there but because it's such an ingrained part of the experience it's like an afterthought i feel like if you ask the average consumer like oh what you think about the crown soundtrack they wouldn't be like oh my god you know they'll be like oh let me go back and watch or like mm. something like that so and I wonder if also like if there's like that same type of approach to that that even if it's like um unconscious bias towards music when it comes to comes to that it's like why do y'all need credit for this thing that's an afterthought like they do it in posts like <laughs> you know like it's not integral to the movie. I disagree that I think mm-hmm. it is integral, but you know what I mean? Like, and especially like, if it's not like a, a musical, like, you know, Moana, where the characters are involved more, like maybe, but if it's like just a soundtrack or something like that, like, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's what, that's what I would think. Like people don't even realize that like, it's kind of like in the background. So, mm-hmm y'all do what y'all need to do yeah we don't care how many y'all takes and what y'all need credit for and i mean that is true because i'm still wondering i think it i think it's just a social like i think one of the reasons is because of that whole like image that people have of composers of being this the sole artists and whatever like it's that's just more that's just a more prominent image of composers in general but yeah I think I mean just thinking about how things work with um there's a type of deal and I can't remember what the name of it is for but like it's like a package deal type of thing where a studio will hire a composer 
and they will give the composer a lump sum of money to handle the music we like so you like they're like the composer will get the musicians they'll get the handle the recording all of that type of stuff the, the studio will give you just the money to do that um and i think that kind of goes into the i don't care how you get it done as long as it gets done sort yeah. of thing like and so if the composer wants to use that to pay somebody twenty dollars an hour to write the score to the biggest film of the year then <laughs> i guess that's what they're gonna do that is so freaking crazy to me though like i just feel like you can't care i think like some people like they do like you do your little scrum your scrum your film score oh okay you're four (laughs) um and you you have an opportunity to get into the into the into the profession you get to meet these composers you get to figure out like how the process works and some people like don't care they they do their thing and then they leave and they write they go on to write their own stuff you know or they go on to do their own thing or they really like you know what i'm saying like maybe it's not supposed to be i'm not saying it's right i'm not saying it's right so just calm down i'm just saying that <clears throat> maybe it's like an entry level type type thing where it's just like get your experience and that's it mm-hmm. like and people don't care like they don't like a lot of people like drake is still drake you know like he has people who help him write his stuff. Beyonce still Beyonce. She has some people help. Like maybe it's the same type of thing. Like I don't think the girls care that Hans Zimmer really only wrote three notes. Like it's Hans Zimmer. You know, is it right? No, I don't absolutely not, don't think it's right. But a lot of people just don't care. You know. Yeah, and I think it, they did talk about like how it is so, sometimes like an entry level thing. But the problem is that like only so many people are going to become famous film composers. Like how many yeah. film composers can I really name? I can name a few a few mm-hmm. probably like yeah i can name a few but not a ton like not as many pop stars as i can name you yeah. know and yeah. so and also like and, and i feel like being a songwriter is more like even if you're like on an entry level thing or whatever you're gonna you can write for as many people mm-hmm. and get varying degrees of um of money for that depending on how big a song gets and like all the type of stuff and there's also way more ways to exploit the copyright of a pop song you can sync that to whatever you can put it in a commercial you can like it it really just depends especially you have the composition side like song lyrics like it, all that type of stuff you can get a piece of mm-hmm. um but with a film score, like, people are probably not going to play very, unless it's a really big one, it's not going to be on the radio. It's not yeah. going to be, you know, in streaming, that's pennies. You'll never see a dime from that. And also, these people are not getting, they're not even getting a piece of stuff like that. They're getting an hourly wage. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing I wanted to talk about that I, I ended up writing down because I, I forgot to write it down when we was doing the talking points. Is like, the economic factors that even led to a structure like this because a part of it said in the article um that some uh, streaming platforms are trying to trying to pivot to a buyout model where film composers are not getting royalties on um to trying to cut out them getting royalties even if their um their film gets really big so they have a work for hire deal that gives them a lump sum 
um and nothing else so don't matter if your your film gets huge later you will never see a penny other than what they give you to begin with and um i'm no and be to be clear i'm not no boohoo the rich composers whatever but like that is causing i feel like that at the top that change at the top is causing composers in the middle even the big ones to now they're trying to make up the difference on their end and are now from them being exploited by studios are now exploiting people below them mm-hmm. because they're trying to say, okay, well, how can I, they're taking on more projects than they probably would have because that's another thing they were saying. Like, why does Hans Zimmer need 290 freaking assistance? Cause he has so many movies to write for because yeah. he's probably, I mean, he's Hans Zimmer is one of those. He probably can get whatever he wants for, for a movie. But even, I still don't think, especially cause music is done in post and it's one of the first things for a budget to be cut off of a budget not off but like to for a budget to be cut um he is not so high up that they would try to not exploit him like they're yeah. if they can play Hans Zimmer less money they're gonna play Hans Zimmer less money too you know so if they can give him I, I doubt he I should hope he's not taking any buyouts but even so like royal we've we've that's why people are striking right now that royalties are are pennies um and so he now he is adjusting for that and exploiting people below him because studios are trying to give less money and of course this dude's a millionaire like you can say you can stand to make less money but um even so i feel like it's interesting to see that um it's kind of a ripple effect because it says here that like they started some composers started this thing against buyouts and a and at the time of this article, it had almost 20,000 people signing signing on. I feel like the, the, the streaming thing, it comes up with writers, it comes up with the actors, and it's just like, I feel like they, when streaming became what it became, they just did not prepare for it, and now they're paying the price for it. I mean, are they paying the price? I have no idea. I mean, they're still on strike at the taping of this episode, and... Um, they're waiting for the writers and the actors to cave so that sucks but it seemed like y'all just threw up the office on Peacock and was like we'll cross that bridge when we get there and they got there there was no bridge because it's one of them bridges with the rope and the (laughs) the plank boards and one of them was hanging off right (laughs) like and I feel they have to have I mean I'm not down to the Netflix I don't know what they're talking about but They're gonna have to have a really serious conversation about what they're gonna do about streaming, and I forgot who was talking about, who was talking about it. Was it Cheryl E. Rolfe or somebody was talking about how they don't even know what the streaming numbers are. They have no data. They do not share it with the actors on who, how many people are watching. And I feel like they'll they'll be terrified to know. I think that's why like they don't want to share it, but they're gonna have to figure out something. They're gonna have to adjust for streaming because if it just wasn't planned out and you really thought you was being cute like I feel like the only two people I know who be watching TV is my mom and my grandma like everybody watching it through an app or mm-hmm. or whatever you know and it's just so unprepared it seems very unprepared um because the fact that you want people to take a buyout when literally millions of people, millions and millions and millions of people are going to stream this video, this movie on Netflix, like, especially like when it's, when it has a, a huge movie, I'm trying to think of the, what was that one? 
Elk. I can say El Canto. Is that what it was called? Cause we wear bell. Oh, Encanto. Encanto. <clears throat> like Encanto. Like imagine writing. Uh, imagine writing the the movie the the music for that. It streamed in all these countries, and then, but it never made it made, never made it to theaters. El Canto was huge. It was huge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And. And it was never in theaters, and the, the girls are dressing up for it as Halloween, and they have El Canto birthday parties and El Canto birthday parties and all this other stuff. And it's like, but I have to take a buyout of seven hundred dollars. Okay, <laughs> who was that? <laughs> but no, but for real, we was, we was just talking about how it's like. I mean, I know people sell shows and stuff, so I'm still trying to see like the difference. But like, when it comes to your like, do not sell your if you own a copyright to something like. Do not sell it because mm-hmm. you just never freaking know. A prime example that like just happened a couple years ago was freaking Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. That song came out 40 years ago. Came out 40 years ago, was like whatever. They linked, they synced it in Stranger Things. She made millions of dollars. It went to number one. It went to oh, number one shoot. 40 years later. And if she and, and she benefited from that because she owns her masters and she owns the copyrights of those songs. I mean, so that's all dreams, kids. There we go. Full circle. Like, and so imagine, imagine you sitting, you compose the music to something and now the TikTok kids got a hold of the movie and now it's all the rage and everybody's watching the movie and they're streaming and streaming and streaming it. They, they put it back in theaters they did it and you never see a dime from that because you accepted a buyout. That's crazy. They're so freaking predatory, though. Like, why? Yeah. And the thing that's crazy about, first of all, y'all are not inheriting the kingdom of God. I don't got a heaven or hell to put you in, but I got sense. And there's no way y'all are going. Um, But what I will say is, like, the gen, the young Gen Zs, Gen Alpha, if they're, Gen Alpha's old enough, I don't know, they will dig something up. Like, the amount of the songs that they have, that, that they'll have trending, where did, like, where did y'all find this from you know what i'm saying like hold on to your masters hold them on tight don't take none of these uh 360 deals like because you never know you yeah. never freaking know you really never know 40 years later 40 years later she's seeing millions of dollars hitting her bank account let me you know i'm gonna write me a song <laughs> <laughs> and then i think i wonder if she's i think she might have been the sole writer on the song so she getting both sides of it you getting the sound recording mm-hmm. and and the, the publishing, please. Like, yeah. The friend zone does. Um, one, I wonder when that came. That season of Stranger Things came out. I never watched it, but the friend zone does. Uh, piece, not piece of the week. That's what we do. They do listens lately every week. Um, R.I.P. to a real segment. I used to love that segment, but whatever. And um he played like running up that hill a couple years ago i'm like that's so i mean dustin always has random music choices but like what's going on it's crazy how stuff like the tiktok girlies like they will dig they ain't got nothing to do in third period math so they will dig through the archives and, and bring something back yeah will that's crazy well yeah oh and that was another thing i got a video idea i was reading this um because they were talking about that exploitation and like how they had to make up that that petition for everybody to sign because there's no longer a composer's union 
and the composers union disbanded after a strike in 1971 and i was like hmm. and that's so freaking crazy but i saw i'm gonna read up on that and see what see what they yeah i wonder what happened with that and you'll be seeing it god willing on my channel in 2026 i'm saying is we are several days behind my deadline that was in my calendar and i know you said that there were extenuating circumstances however I will not be um, subscribing to that at this time because I thought you were going to say you were supposed to subscribe to my channel. <laughs> Can you imagine? I will not be subscribing to that at this time because um, although you hasn't been come up in your personal life if you were on track I feel like I mean I just want to say in front of the audience um, just so not we can humiliation. Pardon? Said not public humiliation. <laughs> okay, humiliation's crazy. But I, I understand how that came up, but I was thinking about it. I'm like, wow, she really tried to finagle me into letting her arm go. Cause I did have you because it was on it's been my calendar. Um and even even so even so, what day did I have? I had last Friday. It's right. been several days since. Right. Yeah, it's been five days, actually. Um no way it's been so five I just feel days like, since Friday. Pardon? Five days. Yeah, it's been five days. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm kind of Friday because I was expecting it. Right. So fine, we could say four. Either way, that's more than one. Um, and I feel like as your friend, I feel like we should hold each other accountable. So here okay. I am. Um, looking forward to watching my video tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I'm already telling you. <laughs> I'm already telling you it's not tomorrow. I will finish writing it. Hopefully, at work on Thursday. <laughs> and yes, hopefully, I feel like I can film the whole thing in one day. So I think you can. I think I'll film the whole thing in one day, but then I have to go into editing, and that's a whole other situation. But we will see. Yeah, I really, I, 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 this is supposed to be my first video out, so I, I want to get it done so bad. But I'm just, a, I'm just, I don't know if it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fine. Oh, this is your first video essay. This was supposed to be my first video on the channel, period. But I chickened out. Uh, Even though, well, I, mind you, this video is, is based off of an essay that's already written, or a research paper that has been written for years. Well, I've been waiting since Friday. And that's and, and if we gonna keep it a beam, All right. that's already pushed back from the 18th. So. No, but I pushed that back in the moment. I didn't push that back. I was like the 18th, and I was like, no, I'm gonna give myself to the 25th. So that was like that wasn't even really in there. Like, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, I thought I had a video yesterday. So, well, guess maybe I should on. get maybe I should give me a little video assistant to do my videos for me. You better get on this AI, right? Yeah, you have see me. I got three. I got three eyes on my. <laughs> Better have your likeness on the videos. She gonna be on there. Gospel music, so good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. God, 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 God. <laughs> Jesus, so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. 
all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top this week i'm talking about chloe cooper she is a flautist an educator and she is let me get the right title she don't have a title she's so humble i wonder what it is i mean she's um, founder of generation music founder but i'm gonna say co-founder of generation music uh with her friend claire i want to mention claire because i can never talk about generation music to her without she'd be like and claire which i love i love that about her um she's a flautist um and she is studying entrepreneurship this might be her old bio so sorry chloe um with a music minor at the university of tampa um and she founded co-founded generation music which is a philadelphia nonprofit that gives students the opportunity to learn about music through interactive lessons and uh workshops like i said she started this with claire casanova in 2018 after noticing the lack of arts education um in the public schools of philadelphia and she's also um an alumni alumna of the philadelphia nonprofit project 440 shout out joe conyers and them period it really ain't no in them it's really just joe conyers um and you can learn more about generation music we talked about um this uh non-profit on episode 89 of classically black uh, i think it was like a business episode or something i don't know what we was doing women in business black business something like that mm-hmm. so check out generation music she works so hard um on this initiative they're doing a lot of great work in philadelphia um and she's also on the isbm board so yeah big purr so yeah gang 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 oh my oh, gosh she, Katie, she let's not do this she played flute, flute stop flute. stop <laughs> no <laughs> oh. <laughs> why are you so good okay why, why are you so into that <laughs> if i had oh, let me not say that i was gonna be so rude whoa i'm glad i caught that i already know what you were gonna say because you said it before and i was like damn katie but i know your heart so <laughs> wait I said something before you misunderstood me. You were like, "Whoa, Katie, what?" No, not that. that. Not no, not oh, that. Oh, then I don't know what you're talking about. Because I was like, "Whoa, when when did we get there?" <laughs> um, we gotta tell me after. But because there are people who are doing that, mm-hmm. not the not the. I mean, I don't care. Like, shout out to the girls who do sex work. Like, if I wasn't built like a fridge, I might entertain it. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, my piece of the week. <laughs> Is um, wait, but I was saying, like, of, we my, should get on live. We should get week. on live. It's my piece of the week. Oh, it's just lagging. Oh, it's lagging. My piece of the week is the Borjak Violin Concerto. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. You can follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black accent suggestion, or an intermission <laughs> suggestion, you can send it to us at classicallyblackpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website, classicallyblackpodcast.com. crazy. If you are black, you can join ISBM, isblackmusicians.com. We are on social media at isblackmusicians. And that is totally it you know what's and crazy it's not a thing edit. a single really, thing more i really could put a little tag on the end of this episode it's my edit okay this well i won't be uploading my audio then <laughs> so bye y'all bye